Welcome to Newly Invested, the podcast that's all about the real, sometimes raw journey of real estate investing. I'm your host, Judith Tate, bringing you conversations from the trenches of the investment landscape where we celebrate victories, learn from setbacks, and unlock the secrets to successful property investing. Whether you're a novice investor seeking tips and guidance or a seasoned pro eager to share your story, you've come to the right place. Let's get started and delve into the exciting world of real estate investing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Newly Invested. I'm your host, Judith Tate. And today I am so happy to introduce my guest, Michael Ponte, owner of and founder and the brains behind The Savvy Investor. Welcome, Michael. Thank you so very much. Great to be here, Judith. Thank you for the opportunity to share with your community and for in the invite. I always love talking to other investors in our in our business. So thank you again for having me. So that's great. I'm excited to hear what you have to say to our audience. So (laughs) I'm just going to do a quick intro of Michael. So Michael is a dedicated full time real estate investor and coach with a passion for empowering others. Michael has carved a significant path in the real estate world over the past 20 plus years, specializing in both multifamily and single family properties. The brain behind Savvy Investor, he's all about helping people break through the barriers to live the life they dreamed of. His hands-on experience has led to controlling a $30 million plus property portfolio, while his commitment to education has inspired thousands across North America. In addition to personally coaching over 100 students through more than $30 million in transactions, Michael is a multiple award winner in real estate investing, proving his strategies and teachings are making a real impact. Welcome, Michael. That's that's quite the that's quite the bio. So you've yeah, obviously that's great. Long- and when you say it, I'm like, wow, Judith, it checks in the mail. Like it sounds so good. <laughs> but, but you know, at the same time, it's kind of interesting to see, you know as I'm hearing you kind of read this out. It's been an interesting journey for 20 years, and you hear and all that is kind of reflecting a lot of the time that uh, I've been doing this, right? So it's 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 been pretty fun. Like you know, don't get me wrong, there's ups and downs that go with any business, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But it's uh, yeah, it's been a really really interesting and fun journey so that's great so tell us about uh your newly invested beginning so where did you start how did you get into real estate investing i know you focus mostly in the multifamily space uh Mm. tell us where it all came from yeah it's it's probably you know and i've shared this before with a lot of other podcasts and stuff but you know for me um i had no intention of being in on this podcast today because that wasn't a vision for me i just own i just own, wanted to own one or two pieces of real estate i didn't have this vision of savvy investor i had no vision of being interviewed in, in your wonderful podcast judith or any of this stuff oh. really i just you know it's a it's a privilege to to be part of this but at the same time i got started no different than anybody else they're just like you know for me I just really wasn't happy with a lot of returns that I was making in my in my mutual funds and stocks. And again, this was just myself and and, and really my aha moment is um, seeing what my personal residence was doing in regards to appreciation many years ago. And I'm like, why don't I do more of this investing in real estate thing? This is kind of thing. It's kind of pretty cool. Right. And and back then there just really wasn't this information like we got today like your podcasts and facebook groups and all these different programs none of that stuff existed and so we're kind of doing a lot of this blind and if you talk to any seasoned investor they they can all attest to this right it's just like we you know we're kind of 
hand over the eyes, hope for the best and see if it's working. And so for me, um, I got started um, just buying a townhouse. I bought one townhouse. And for a lot of people that have heard this story before, you know, I was losing 40 bucks a month. That was it, 40 bucks. And and for me, I was like, that's not such a big deal. The tenants are paying down the rent, it's, you know, or to paying down the mortgage. Um, it's not a big deal. But my true aha moment happened about a year after when the rents went up quite drastically. And all of a sudden that negative cash flow turned into positive. And all of a sudden money was going in my pocket. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, now we're talking something interesting here. And and all of a sudden we're seeing the properties appreciating. We're seeing cash flow coming in. I'm like, I gotta do a lot more of this stuff. Like this stuff's making a lot more sense. And that was kind of the evolution. And then I started to kind of move from single family, bought a pretty hefty portfolio in the single family space, and then started to migrate to to the multifamily space. And and like everybody else's journey that as they're looking to scale, they run out of money. We all do at some point in time. It's just part of the natural, natural, natural process. And I had to kind of learn how to raise money um, in a world where there really wasn't a lot of information behind it. And so, uh, again, yet another fun part of the journey as we kind of went through it. But again, once you've learned the right steps uh, or once you kind of go through the exercise and, and if you're passionate about what you're doing and you're driven about some of the goals that you've set for yourself. And for my goal personally, it was about more time with my friends and family. And, and, and that was really, really important. And I saw that real estate had that ability to facilitate that. Um, so again, it's been a really fun journey and it started with just wanting to change and just not being happy with the returns. I wanted something a little bit better for myself. Um, and, and when I bought my first property, those are when the light bulb started to kind of really come on. And I'm sure this pretty much, you know, I'm sure it resonates with a lot of people in the same that are maybe listening to this podcast as well. Yeah, I, I agree because I didn't actually have an interest in real estate investing until my husband and I bought our vacation property out on the East coast. And, uh, it was shortly after we bought it where someone was offering to buy it back from us. Hmm. at way over what we purchased it for and then i thought i think we're on to something here and then that's what started my <laughs> that's what started my whole journey i just thought oh my goodness there's so much that you can create for yourself and for your life you know just through real estate investing yeah so yeah. now when you when you first invested were you like were you working a, a full-time job hmm. or yeah. Okay. So how, what does that look like? Cause I know a lot of people, you know, they're working a full-time job, but they want to get into real estate investing. And, uh, some people just want to use that as just, uh, just a, a way to make some extra, you know, earn some extra income for themselves or to completely jump into real estate investing full-time. So what did that look like for you and how did you do oh, that? Great questions. And thanks for asking it, to be honest with you. It's like, you know, for myself, um, again, I just bought it for the purposes of an investment. That's really the intent of it. And and so I had no vision of leaving my job. I was working for a, a pretty large food manufacturing company in Canada. Um, I was the director of sales for Western Canada. So I had a lot of people under me. And so very good, well-paying job. I got paid very, very well there. And I worked a lot, like a lot, like, you know, go to work, be there around 6.30 in the morning, come, you know, at the end of the day, wrap it up at around 6.00 had to take a 45 minute to an hour drive to get home and kiss the kids. And then at the same time, they started working in the real estate business. And so for me, I'm like, there's gotta be something a little bit better. And, and so it took a little while to kind of compute that maybe I can do this as a full-time career, um, but it wasn't easy. And so when I um, finally 
made the plunge. And I think the number at that point in time was I owned about 10 or 11 properties at that stage. And there was a good, there was reasonable wow. cash flow. Yeah, it was reasonable cash flow. And I thought, I'm like, you know what? It, it still really wasn't matching our income, my income, to be very frank. But okay. saying that, I was like, okay, um, you know, and I had to talk to my wife and I said, listen, I think we got to give it a go. I can't manage two full time jobs like this. Um, and so the kids were pretty young and I said, you know what, give it a shot. You know, if, if, if worse comes to worse, this doesn't work out, I can always get another job. And, uh, I, I left my job in, uh, early part of 2008. So if anybody oh. remembers what happened in 2008, oh, not yeah. the best time to kind of <laughs> leave a job, right? So, uh, lots of turmoil, but at the end of the day, if you want motivation, um, in your life, um, that, that was it, you know, I had a young family and I had to really hustle really, really hard. There was a lot of blessings during that challenging time, but at the same time, a lot of gray hairs and lost hairs during that time as well. It was very, very, very tough. Um, and I don't recommend that to everybody, like to be very, to be very frank here, here's my two cents for anybody that's looking to, to pull the trigger is, you know, your business, um, needs to grow and evolve. And, and my recommendation is make, you know, one and a half to two times your income before you leave your job, to be very frank, you know, for you to mm -hmm. kind of hope and prayer that, that this is going to work out look at what's happened over the last several years like with covid with kind of recessionary pressures with affordability with rates going down um look at what's going on with landlord tenancy branch in in uh, ontario like things are always ebbing and flowing and changing and stuff like that and, and and you just never know what's going to happen and if you are just getting by in your real estate portfolio before you leave your job it's probably not the best time Take the time to really scale it and make it very, very fruitful before you take the leap of faith. Um, is it hard? It is super hard. Like it, there's, <laughs> you have to work your butt off. And and honestly, um, during that time, and for a lot of people that are maybe listening like this right now, um, it, it is. It's like running two full time jobs. That's what it takes to facilitate that. But that's what it is. And and I had to work really, really hard for two to three years. Really hard. Uh, to finally make it. And fortunately, we, we, we were able to get through some of those challenging times and flourish from that from that point. So but yeah, it's not easy. Wow, that's really good advice. And as soon as you said, you left your job in 2008. I you know, what came across in my mind was like, Oh, my goodness, like, yes. that was so risky and very courageous, because that's that was the major recession. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, and even yeah, like at that point, I didn't know how bad it was going to be. We didn't know it was just <laughs> it was just slowly evolving. Right. For me, I was just in excitement yeah. mode that hey, I'm going to leave and, and do this. And then all of a sudden, boom, like, uh, yeah. like a mind, like a minefield. Right. It's just unbelievable. Right. So. Oh, my goodness. So what uh, what specific challenges did you face at that time? Oh, uh, some of the biggest things that we had to kind of contend with. So I had a lot of properties in in Alberta. And so based on oh. that. We were seeing um, rents going down. We we saw vacancies going up. We saw lots of job losses during that particular period of time. We saw people leaving the city and the provinces that I was involved with. Um, so the cash flow that we were once making at a reasonable as a reasonable rate um, had gone down quite drastically. So that obviously impacted my actual income. Um, in addition to that, um, we had prices actually going down. So, you know, similar to probably what some people are seeing and seeing today is, you know, yeah. in specific markets, you know, prices are going down, the cash flow started to disappear. 
guys, I get it. Been through this with you and I've been through this. It's not easy. It's a, it's a challenging, challenging time. But those are some of the big nuggets that we had to contend with. And, and so um, for myself, we, we could have been, um, we could have felt really, really bad about ourselves and just, and just, you know, cried in our, in our, in our coffee, but it really did provide a lot of opportunity. We just had to pivot, find different ways, be creative and finding quality tenants in our property. Uh, but what it did also do is during those challenging times, like we're seeing today, it provide, it showed me tons of opportunity. And so even though 2008 was a real tough time, 2009, 2010, was where we absolutely exploded in growth because of the opportunities thanks to, to 2008. So, um, you know, I see a lot of the things that are happening right now and I'm like pretty excited to be very frank. I know this is a tough time for a lot of people. I get that. Uh, mm -hmm. But again, I've been through these cycles before. And so for me, I see opportunity in the future. And, and so I'll get pretty excited about that. So anyway, that's a long, long winded answer, Judith. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's great. It's, it's full of, uh, you know, lots of little tidbits there, because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people right now um it, you know facing some major challenges in real estate well i know yeah. there are because i've spoken to many real estate investors and um you know just with the interest rates going sky high and you know they have renters whose you know rents they can't suddenly like jack up and um you know even finding good cash flowing properties there's been it's been a lot of a lot of different challenges so what uh so in times like these what are like what is your the most um like your best due diligence tip that you could give for people looking to invest yeah this is a great that's a great one and so f honestly i think you got to be on you have to be very honest with yourself when you're analyzing numbers okay so in the past mm. uh, especially in specific markets where we've only seen appreciation like in something like me being in vancouver hey we've seen appreciation 10 15 percent per year for the last 20 years this has been like the the gravy train and now things have kind of changed a little bit right is the markets have come come down so have you budgeted have you been honest with yourself about what the market is going to be for the next one to two years? Are you budgeting for the, are you just focusing on the appreciation side or are you budgeting that the property value may still continue to go down? So um, I'm a big believer and, and some people will disagree with me and, 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 and that's okay. But this is the way we've always protected ourselves is we always make sure that there's money done, money in the buy always. And this yeah. way it's protecting ourselves. If the prices go down, we've got a little bit of a cushion. And the second one that I always look at, as difficult as it is to find right now, is cash flow is king. Um, you know, yeah. I had this discussion even yesterday in another webinar. Um, during the times that we were struggling with, um, with prices going down and we weren't able to sell, we, we had issues where, you know, the, the property was not good, but our saving grace was cash flow. It was like we were able to sustain it and, and, out, and, out, and outlast some of the challenges because income was still positive. It wasn't negative. So I think for anybody that's in this market right now, it's just like, be aware is like, try to make sure that when you're buying, buy right and buy well, what happens is in September of 2024, if prices go down another five, six, seven, 10%, is that property still making sense for you? And so protect yourself by making sure you've got some capital or equity in the buy. And I, I can't, I can't enforce this one enough. It, it cash flow is king. It really is. I, I, I teach this to my students is when you buy a condo, you buy a townhouse, you buy an apartment, it's a business. You're buying a business. 
And if you went to go buy a business, like a coffee shop that loses money every single month, would yeah. you do it? No. The answer is no. The common sense is absolutely not. But in real estate, for, for, for some reason, it seems to be acceptable for, for whatever reason. So take huh. that into consideration. And, and here's, here's another bit is the market that you may be investing in today or you're thinking about investing in and the numbers aren't working there. Well, maybe that's a sign that you need to kind of go somewhere else. And, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and again, remember what this is. This is an investment that you are wanting to strive to accomplish income or equity. Some markets are performing poorly. Some are doing exceptionally well. So maybe you just have to change your mindset of how do I become an out of province, out of state, out of country investor, because there are a lot of flourishing markets right now, even during challenging times in other specific markets. That's actually a really good point. And I was going to ask you, so if someone doesn't want to invest, you know, like in their, their neighborhood, how do they go about investing in other markets, like say in a different province or a different country? Because that, yeah. that can seem a little like a very daunting task. How do you go about doing that? Yeah, it, and, and, and it's a difficult for a lot of people to, to really get their head wrapped around. But honestly, yeah. in this day and age right now, um, with technology, it's becoming so much easier than it's ever been before. Like, it's it's unbelievable. And so I think it has to start off with building your team. So here we are, you know, we're on a Zoom oh. call together and talking, talking openly. Um, and, and at the same time, you can build relationships. You can connect. You can yeah. interview your investment team anywhere around the world. Get a chance to get a sense of these people, but it has to start with building out your investment team. Go to your specific networks mm -hmm. like Savvy Investor and reach out and say, has anybody got a good realtor in wherever, Moncton, New Brunswick, right? And, and yeah. so connect with those individuals that have that experience with working with outer province investors and that have other people have had success, but it has to start there. Um, yeah. I'll just share a quick story is, is um, even myself, you know, during COVID, when traveling was becoming very challenging, I had to, I bought an, uh, an apartment building and uh, we did a walkthrough through Zoom. Okay. I, 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 yeah. I didn't. I, and so walkthrough through Zoom, we looked at the entire building unit by unit, um, bought the property and six months later sold the property. Okay. We increased the valuation of the property, did very, very well. Still to this day, still to this day, I've never been inside this property. I've never seen it. I personally awesome. have never seen this property. And again, that's really true to the team that you've built in there. And so just like anything, you need to have a good solid team, but it does require a little bit of a mindset change, especially for people that are just getting started. It's difficult to not want to go drive by and see the property. Yeah. Um, but again, in this day and age, you don't have to. In fact, it's a blessing to be frank that you, you don't, you don't actually get a chance to see the property. Let your team do what they do best. And as yeah. investors, what we do best is finding opportunities, finding deals and scaling the business. Not so work on the business, not work in the business. That's amazing. I love it. And I just love how you said I bought an apartment building. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you know, I, I, I'm just waiting for the day, which I'm pretty sure will be soon that I can say, yeah, I bought an apartment building. But it's it's amazing how uh, you talk about just like not even visiting it you you bought it virtually and i can relate to that um with my um beach i call it the beach house and on the east coast we bought that virtually i mean we've seen it because you know we bought it yeah. for us but we didn't even step foot inside the property before we bought it yeah we just yeah. trusted our team on the east coast to find us a property that we would that we would love and as you said you could do everything online and we got the virtual tour of it and 
it was, yeah, it's so much easier now. Um, it, it, I think that's still scary for a lot of people still. A lot of people feel that they, they have to get in there. They have to see it. They have to check it out. Yep. So I still recommend yeah. you go out and see it. Like, to be honest with you, during that time, it was very unusual because I really yeah. could not fly out to this property uh, yeah. during COVID. But saying that, um, this is where systems can be improved quite drastically, is you can do a lot of stuff online. And we systemized things a lot during COVID. And uh, it came to came to the conclusion that we don't really need to physically see it. But I still suggest, especially for people that are just getting started, even those that are just in the scaling, always see your property. This was an anomaly that happened, but to work, to, to be able to oversee, manage your property from a different province or a different country has become so much easier in this day and age than it has ever been before. And when you've got the right people on your team, it can make it really, really easy for you. And, and again, it's, it's one of those things, even myself, I live in Vancouver. I don't, other than my personal residence, I have no investment properties in Vancouver. Zero. It's just because wow. for me, I'm a cash flow investor. And unfortunately here, there's just not a lot of cash flow in this area, right? So maybe in the future, but right. Mm. So I've always had to go to different markets that showed that provided those opportunities for me. And so um, I'd always, all, I've always been dependent on my team. And trust me, you're going to you're going to hit some heroes and some are going to be zeros. It's just what it is. Yeah. It's just like any business. Sometimes you're going to have to let a few people go, but you got to go through that process as well. But uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it's a mindset adjustment for a lot of people. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just, there's always a way there's lots of people doing it. And it's just helping you overcome that mental obstacle of how to do that um, in how to do that yourself. Yeah. So, okay. So you've mentioned a team. Who are the people on this team? Mm-hmm. Well, I think your investment team completely. Obviously, your more your property manager is crucial in any aspect mm-hmm. of your business. So you need to have a good, solid, quality property management company, one or two. Uh, your realtor is obviously extremely important as well. Uh, your contracting team, your lawyer, your accountant, like the, the entire the entire group. So you know if you've got uh, contractors, property managers, crucial. Um, even for myself, simple, even simple things like my photographer that takes pictures of our units and video for uh-huh. vacancies. Um, huh. It's it's everybody that's involved in your business. So if you think about your business, um, you know, again, contractors, uh, realtors, accountants, your lawyer, everybody that's there, that's your team. And so you have to kind of build that out first. Once you've okay. got a good solid team set up, then from that point forward, you can go ahead and start going out and looking at properties and seeing how it goes, right? So, and again, if you don't have the contacts or relationships, this is where you reach out to other investors, listen to podcasts like this, and 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 find people that can uh, that can help that you can introduce yourself to be part of your investment team. Oh, that's that's perfect. I love it. So, what is you've given so many tidbits and and great advice. What is one piece of advice you wish you had known or that you would have told yourself 20 years ago? Oh, or- that's a great question. 20 years ago, what would I have done differently or what what would be best advice? I've got there's so many I can think of, but I'm just trying to think yeah. of the right one for this session. And so, um yeah, I'll, I'll share this one. I think the important one of the best tidbits is as you are scaling your business, growing your business, um, make sure that you are watching your property on a, on, a, on a frequent basis. So what that means is you might be buying a property. How often are you going to check out that property? You should be monitoring that property. You should be going to the property at minimum every six months, always checking in in the property itself to making sure the tenants are taking care of it. 
especially if you're investing out of your market. So they're just because your property is in New Brunswick, hypothetically speaking, that is no excuse that you should not be going out to seeing it. And as we just highlighted as well, mm -hmm. you can still do it virtually as well. You make sure that you have that as part of your agreement with your property management company that you're doing viewings or you're doing an inspection every six months and that they pull up the phone and they walk the unit with you. Um, that was a big lesson learned for me is, is when I bought a property earlier on in my career, um, cash flow was coming in, rents coming in, making good money. I didn't see the property for a year and a half. Okay, I didn't know what it was. And then a year and a half later, I went to go out and say, I'm coming into Edmonton, I'm gonna go take a look at this property. And um, I invited the property manager, obviously, to come to, to obviously show it with me or show it to me. And um, it was it was a hoarder's house, like you would not believe. It was in absolute disarray. The property oh. manager, the property manager has not gone into the unit like me. He just assumed everything was great because rents were coming in every single month. There were no complaints, no calls, but the property was in just absolute disrepair um, in a mm. year and a half. And um, I did fire the property manager literally right after <laughs> we closed the door. But but truthfully, the blame wasn't really him. You know whose fault that really was? It was myself is because yeah. I wasn't holding him accountable. And secondly, I should have been going out and enforcing a lot of those checks. So mm. minimize some of your risks. You know, you hear all these horror stories out there as well. There's lots of ways to over, you know, to to mitigate some of those things. And that's one that I would that really stuck to me early on, especially for those that are just getting started is take the time to always be checking in on your property on a frequent basis. Because again, this is an investment. We're all spending huge dollars to be part of this investment game. Make sure your investment is always being taken care of or else you know, it's not. And, and that's not really what we're all here to do. And so make sure you're checking in your properties regularly. And the second one is always, hey, always hold some pretty good reserve funds. You just wanna manage oh, surprises yeah. at any point in time. And again, that was a hard lesson learned for me many years ago long story but i'll i'll just summarize it and just say have healthy reserves that's really really important don't short change it um because i see a lot of investors as they start going they're like i've got a hundred thousand dollars to invest and i've got if i use forty thousand here forty thousand here i can maybe buy something else for another twenty thousand so they're short changing themselves no make sure you've got healthy reserve funds for every single property that you have because you just never know when surprise expenses are going to happen. And I'll tell you this right now, it's going to happen. It will happen, I promise. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is such good advice. I, I love it, especially like, you know, having eyes on the property, because you would think that if you're building a team and you're hiring professionals, you should be able to trust them. But at the end of the day, it's your investment. So you have to make sure it's okay. I love it. 100%, but, yep. Yeah. So are there any words of wisdom or advice you'd love to give to our, our listeners? Yeah, like I think at the end of the day, guys, it's it's um, it's a journey. Just understand that <laughs> there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. I know there's a lot of people having some really bad days right now. And 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 you know what? I, I, I It's going to sound, it may sound bad and it may not, it may sound very insensitive, but I'm not being insensitive. This is part of the business, unfortunately. It really, <laughs> really is. And the one thing that people may not see right now is it will make them a better investor in the long term and mm -hmm. for those that are really really struggling and you know sometimes a lot of people don't want to share their their challenges and be vulnerable 
this is the time to reach out to your fellow peers and colleagues and people that have been doing this a really long time and asking for help and asking for support. Um, like I said, this is a journey. It really, really is. There's always a way. If, if there's one thing that one thing I can share for the people that are challenged, there's always a way. There's always an option. And um, it's just maybe you don't necessarily know what it is, but now you need to kind of reach out to your community. And I, and I honestly look at that as we are all investors here. We all want to support each other. We all want to be successful. So make sure you reach out to your community to help support each other. It is a fun journey. If you ride this thing out the long term, uh, opportunities will be there for you as long as it's done well and it's done right. Take the time to educate yourself. Take the time to connect with other people. Um, and at the end of the day, like I said, if it's done well and done right, it's a wonderful journey. It's been wonderful for me and my family, and, and I couldn't be more blessed because of this. So uh, just take the time to learn. Take the time to do the, the right things. Um, and for those that are struggling or challenges, please reach out to your community. Ask for the help. Ask for support. And, and like I said, there are always options to help support you in this game. Excellent. Love the words of advice and wisdom. Okay. A couple of lightning round questions about you. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, Scared. <I'm> nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh no, these are, well, I mean, they should be easy. They're just fun. <laughs> okay. So if you could have dinner with any historical figure, who would it be and why? Historical figure. Oh, that's a good one. Let me think about that one. Go to the next one. I'll, I'll contemplate the next. I'll contemplate that one. I'm trying to think uh, who historical. It wouldn't be historical. That's the only thing. It wouldn't be historical. I, I would love to pick the brain of Elon Musk. That that truthfully, like honestly. Oh. And so honestly, I think the guy is just a, a, a brain of brilliance, and would love the opportunity just to sit and just see what goes through this gen this guy's mind. Right? Yeah. It, it is a little bit different than the real estate world, but the way he is always forward looking forward thinking to me is so um interesting and and so i love people that are always forward looking forward thinking looking at things that are so impossible and trying to find ways to make it possible so those yeah. to me those individuals are very inspiring to me because it's just like again there's all these challenges and obstacles that he faces that people say you know you know all those individuals that say you can't do it you can't do it and then he somehow he's able to do it. Obviously, it's probably yeah. his billions of dollars. But but truthfully, is <laughs> he's he's a brilliant man, very smart yeah. man. No matter what you think of him, and, but at the end of the day, I would love to have a cup of coffee with him and just sit and listen and and just under try to better understand how that that gentleman works. So I know it's not the right answer, the question uh, based on the question. But if there was one person, that would be the person who is still alive today. So. No, I love it. There's there's never right or wrong. It's just your answer. That's awesome. Yeah. And what's one book that significantly influenced your life or career and how? Oh, very good one. And that's an easy one. It's Atomic Habits, actually. I don't know if anybody's <laughs> ever read it. Great yeah. book. Um, but just like anything in life, um, especially during this time of year, you know, it's just like, you know, we're always trying to improve ourselves. Um, and it does start with creating kind of your daily habits and setting the tone in everything you do. And, and that book, mm -hmm. I've read, reread that book probably two or three or four times over because it's just a friendly reminder is, is, am I doing the right things at this very moment to help support myself personally and, and my investment goals? And it does start with creating kind of these types of habit forms. And so uh, it may sound really bizarre, but it's just like, it's not a real estate investing book. It's not any of these things about investments, but it is about structuring your life in a way, in a more very habit-based. So you are having those 
successes. Even the smallest little habits, when they start to compound, make all the difference in the world. So highly, highly recommend the book. Excellent book for those that are maybe struggling in, in regards or feeling a little bit uh, like they're juggling a multitude of different things. That's a, it's a great yeah. book to kind of keep you organized. So. Excellent. Okay. And, um, how can we find you? Where can we find you? And do you have any, anything going on in your business that you'd like to tell our audience about? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think for, if anybody wants to learn about myself, um, come check us out on, on, uh, go to our website, thesavvyinvestor.ca lots of great free resources there we've got our youtube channel um, that has tons of free education for people that are wanting to get uh, to learn about all aspects of real estate investing uh, we've got a great blog that talks on all sorts of different topics um, in addition we are also coaches and trainers as well so for those that are wanting to learn you know the, the basics fundamentals to residential real estate investing uh raising capital through joint venture partnerships and multifamily investing my, one of my favorite topics uh we have a yeah. program called elevate Masterclass. um it is very intense for those that are looking for assistance in learning um these are live virtual training so it's it's very very intense programs uh our next intake is going to be taking place in just a short few weeks um so again stay go to our website um um, and you will be able to check it out a little bit more. And, and, and I highly invite, I'd like to welcome everybody to come up to an information session to learn more. Uh, no hard sales approach or tactics by any means. You know, at the end of the day, it's just great to kind of learn and see what's available out there for people that are needing help and support. So that's great. And I've, uh, I've seen you like on your YouTube channel. Uh, I've watched many of your videos, lots of great information. And you're so Thanks. personable, which I, which I love. So you're easy to listen to. So, oh, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. That's good. Thank you for that. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Michael. It's been such a great conversation with you. It's my pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity to share with your community and wishing everybody that's listening wonderful success for 2024. Yes. All right. Thanks everyone for watching and we'll see you next time on another episode of Newly Invested. Happy investing. And that brings us to the end of another enlightening episode of Newly Invested. A huge thank you to our guest and to all of you for tuning in. Remember that investing in real estate is a journey filled with highs and lows, but the key is to keep learning, keep investing, and keep growing. If you want to stay updated with our latest episodes, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate it if you could leave us a review. This is your host, Judith Tate, signing off. And we'll see you next time on another episode of Newly Invested. Happy investing. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the podcast. The information shared in the podcast is for general informational purposes only and should not be considered legal, financial or professional advice.